Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello to Welcome to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. This is our fourth installment of our series on leadership. Gwen and I are doing this series because we both feel that there's a current deficiency in positive, inspirational leadership in the world, and we hope in some small way to reach out and reignite that fire in others so that it spreads. We have in our studio, as I mentioned before, Gwen Meyer from Incremental Steps. Gwen is an improved and certified YB12 performance coach. YB12, of course, stands for your best 12 months. She's also trained in the latest evidence-based neurochange research accredited by the NeuroChange Institute associated with educational institutions such as Harvard and other higher institutions of learning. She helps corporate leaders develop their teams, embrace change, and increase in engagement in performance of all aspects of life and helps them work in the quickest and most impactful way. Welcome back, Gwen. Lovely to be here again, Matt. Mm. We're privileged to have you, I must say. Thank you. Before we begin and dive in to our topics today, I want to recap from the key ideas and concepts from the last two sessions. We discussed in session one as a leader that we need to do the following things. We need to check our ego. We need to be amateur psychologists. We need to have a sincere interest in others. We need to be a leader, not a buddy. We need to do what's asked of our team. We need to protect our own positivia and our own selves, and we need to be role models. In the second session, we we also discussed in leadership the importance of clear communication, keeping it simple, thinking big, having our team's backs, and keeping cool. And in the third session, we talked about choosing the right people, keeping it simple, making people feel important, leading even when it's easier to do the job yourself, and not just saying what people want to hear, as well as making sure the team understands the objectives. Today, we're going to start with another concept that's important in leadership, and that is have the courage to lay it all on the line. We're going to do that by listening to a clip from a movie called Gettysburg. Let me set the stage. In the American Civil War, the northern states were fighting to keep their country together and to end slavery. The southern states wanted to keep slavery and leave the Union. On July 1st, 1863, they were both engaged in a great battle near the town of Gettysburg. The first day of the battle resulted in 15,000 casualties and a devastating Union loss. The stage was now set for day two. There was a very good chance that if the Union, the Northern States, lost the day, they could indeed lose the war. Lieutenant Colonel Joshua Chamberlain was in command of a unit from Maine Of over 1,000 men, he had 300 left. In this clip, we will hear that Colonel Chamberlain is ordered to take command of 120 men whose enlistment has expired, and they refuse to fight. He is told, like many generals since ancient times, that he can execute them for mutiny. Let's hear how he responds. Captain Brewer, sir. 118th Pennsylvania. If you're the commanding officer, sir, then I present you with these prisoners here. And you're welcome to him. Lord knows. Had to use the bayonet to keep him moving. You have to sign for him. Sign it, Lieutenant. You're authorized to use whatever force necessary, Colonel. You want to shoot him? You go right ahead. Won't nobody say nothing. I said you are relieved. Men, gather around. I've been talking with uh, Private Buckland. He's told me about your problem. There's nothing I can do today. We're moving out in a few minutes. We'll be moving all day. I've been ordered to take you men with me. I'm told that... uh, That if you don't come, I can shoot you. Well, you know I won't do that. Maybe somebody else will, but I won't. So, that's that. Uh, Here's the uh, situation. The whole Reb Army is up that road a ways waiting for us. So this is no time for an argument like this, I tell you. We could surely use you fellas. We're now well below half strength. Whether you fight or not, that's, that's up to you. 
Whether you come along is, is, well, you're coming. You know who we are, what we're doing here, but if you're gonna fight alongside us, there's a few things I want you to know. This regiment was formed last summer in Maine. There were a thousand of us then. There are less than 300 of us now. All of us volunteered to fight for the Union, just as you did. Some came mainly because we were bored at home. Thought this looked like it might be fun. Some came because we were ashamed not to. Many of us came because it was the right thing to do. And all of us have seen men die. This is a different kind of army. If you look back through history, you will see men fighting for pay, for women, for some other kind of loot. They fight for land, power because a king leads them, or, or just because they like killing. But we are here for something new. This has not happened much in the history of the world. We are an army out to set other men free. America should be free ground, all of it, not divided by a line between slave state and free, all the way from here to the Pacific Ocean. No man has to bow. No man born to royalty. Here we judge you by what you do, not by who your father was. Here you can be something. Here is the place to build a home. But it's not the land. There's always more land. the idea that we all have value, you and me, what we're fighting for, in the end, we're fighting for each other. Gentlemen, I think if we lose this fight, we lose the war. If you choose to join us, I'll be personally very grateful. So what was the result of that talk? Well, we know from history that almost all of those 120 men signed back up to fight. We also know from history that Lieutenant Colonel Joshua Chamberlain was on the far end of the flank of the Union Army and stopped the Southern advance, basically winning the battle. The battle raged on for another two days, resulting in 51,000 casualties. But because of his actions, the South lost that battle and had to retreat down south and go home. And the United States remained one country. He won the Congressional Medal of Honor, was a four-time governor of Maine, and was also the president of Bowdoin University. That's history. But what did we learn from what he said there? So many things. First thing is, what does he do? He's firm. He says, you're coming. But he also shows he cares. I'm not going to shoot you, but you're coming. What else does he do? He builds bridges. He said, men, this is why we're here. Some of us are here because we thought it'd be fun. Some of us are here because we felt guilty not to. Some of us are here because it's the right thing to do. He built bridges between him and his men. He understood what's going on in their minds and related to them. Then what does he do? He ties them in to a vision. What is the greater purpose? And then he ends with a call to action. And that's what leaders need to do. Now, of course, probably none of us will be in a situation where we save an entire nation. But this is applicable in leadership. And it's applicable in business, especially in these troubled times. The times that I've had challenges in business, I flat out told my staff, listen, guys and gals, if this doesn't happen, this is going to be the result. We're not going to be here unless X happens or Y happens or Z happens. So it's key that you actually let the staff in on what's important. 
Gwen, what do you have to add to that? My goodness, Matt, that's a really hard act to follow, isn't it? <laughs> but really, um, for me, listening to that was an understanding that courage is the ability to act in the face of fear. But you do need people you trust to go with you. And you need to find the people that you trust. And you have to also be that person that people trust. So not only there's a number of things there, you have to identify the cause because people will follow you if they believe what you believe, if they believe in the cause. But if you are upfront with them and show vulnerability as a leader, then your team has a choice whether to follow you or not, whether they believe in the cause or not. So a number of points there, and it's about courage, but it's about being able to stand your ground and give the information as it is so that what that does ultimately is build trust because you're giving your team the option to come with you based on their belief or to choose not to. Would you agree with that? I would say that's a fabulous point. I personally believe that if they're not going to be on the bandwagon, get rid of them. And I'm not trying to say my way or the highway. But what I am trying to say is that if they're not tied into the mission, if they're not tied into the objectives, then it's not the right place for them. It's that simple. That's why I think it's important to be straight, clear, direct with what they're trying to accomplish. Now, in a company, you don't, you, I mean, suppose you're selling, I don't know what you're selling, but if you're selling encyclopedias, you don't need to give this whole thing about we must sell these encyclopedias, blah, blah, da, 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 save the world. But you do tie them into the goal for the team. You know, if the team hits these objectives, this is what happens. We will provide more opportunity in this office for advancement. That advancement will go to you. Then that will provide better opportunity for your families. Our goal is to be part, you know, run, be the best office in the company. Because, and when that happens, this is the opportunity for you. We all get drug up, you know, or as Kennedy said, a high tide lifts all boats. So you find something to tie them into some sort of mission and you build upon that. But you let them know that you actually care about them in, in, as individuals and what's in it for them. And then part of that is also tapping into their intrinsic motivation. Because if they're motivated, and I'm just going back to the story now, of those men, they were motivated ultimately by different things to actually draw them to that place in history. But they then bought into the ultimate vision and the ultimate goal, which then led them on. So their intrinsic motivation then united. And as a last point here, before we have to hear from our sponsors, which was the more effective leadership? The guy in the beginning that's using bayonets... They wouldn't fight when you're using a bayonet on them or the fellow that actually reminds them of why they're there in the first place and what's in it for them and what the greater mission is. Obviously, the second. We're going to have some quick words from our sponsors here, and we'll be right back. Junior e Radioton. Vuoi sostenere anche tu la tua radio del cuore? È semplicissimo. Telefona durante tutto il mese di giugno in ufficio 8212-3177. Oppure in studio all'8212-3599 per donare con la vostra carta di credito. Puoi anche donare sul nostro sito internet www.italia1.com.au Altrimenti passa il radio per un caffè. Il Radioton si concluderà con una cena al Molfetta Club ricca di musica e intrattenimento. Costo 55 dollari a persona. Sabato 3 luglio dalle 18.30. Prenotatevi chiamando all'ufficio di Radio Italia 1 8212-3177. Oppure con Angela 0401 598 448 con Luciana 0421 333 123 con Fina 0418 812 839 
Sostenete la vostra radio del cuore. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 8182-5100. Hello, I'm Peter Salerno. Please join me on Happy Business Radio every Monday, 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno. We have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build and increase your business. Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley and our special guest, Gwen Meyer from Incremental Steps. We just finished talking about the difference between good leadership and bad leadership. And in the last example, we gave how inspiration got him a lot further than the bayonet. And just to recap that last clip that we saw, I mean, and we boil it down, we realize why did the men follow him? Well, I think it's because he was real with them. He explained the situation as it was, treated them as adults with respect, and he made them feel he's on their side. And ultimately, he reminded them why they were there and why individually each man was there. Gwen, is there anything else you'd like to add to that, or do you think we're ready to move on to another point? Potentially another point I'd like to mention, Matt, is that he showed the leader there what he was prepared to fail for. Mm. So he may help the men understand that he was in it with them. Mm. So he was not leading from the side mm. or from behind. He was there with them. And good leaders are like that. They will actually work with you and they will be part of your team and they will lead alongside you. They also basically believed, as I mentioned before, in the same cause, but they all advanced in this cause in different ways. I think there's lots of points there, but I think you've covered all of them really well. And it's quite an inspirational clip, that, because it really does show inspirational leadership in many ways. And it's about, I think, a, the biggest factor for me there is the trust. Because if you're an inspirational leader, your men will follow you. Your team will follow you because they trust you and because you engender trust in, the, in them and because you are also trustworthy. So it's a mutual trust thing. In the next clip from the same movie, we're going to hear from the Southern side, where General Lee, the commanding officer of the Southern forces, has to reprimand one of his best generals, Jeb Stewart. Listen with me. After midnight, sir. It's already Friday. Friday, July the third. 
Yes, sir. And tomorrow is the 4th of July. Sir? Independence Day. Huh. I've quite forgotten. Good Lord has a sense of humor. I'm very sorry to keep you up so late. It is my pleasure. We should have a larger staff. I'd, I'd be offended, sir. I can do the work. Very well. General Stewart is waiting to see you, sir. Shall I bring him in? Of course. Major? Yes, sir. General Stewart and I must not be disturbed. Very well, sir. Thank you. You wish to see me, sir? It is the opinion of some excellent officers that you have let us all down. General Lee, sir, if you'll please tell me who these gentlemen are. There will be none of that. There is no time. Sir, I only ask that I be allowed to defend my... There is no time! General Stewart. Your mission was to free this army from the enemy cavalry and to report any movement by the enemy's main body. That mission was not fulfilled. You left here with no word of your movement or movement of the enemy for several days. Meanwhile, we were engaged here and drawn into battle without adequate knowledge of the enemy's strength or position, without knowledge of the ground. So it is only by God's grace that we did not meet disaster here. Generally, there were reasons. Perhaps you misunderstood my orders. Perhaps I did not make myself clear. Well, sir, this must be made very clear. You, sir, with your cavalry, are the eyes of this army. Without your cavalry, we are made blind. That has already happened once. It must never, never happen again. Since I no longer hold the general... I have told you there is no time for that. There is no time. There's another fight coming tomorrow, and we need you. We need every man, God knows. You must take what I have told you and learn from it, as a man does. There has been a mistake. It will not happen again. I know your quality. You are one of the finest cavalry officers I have ever known, and your service to this army has been invaluable. Now, let us speak no more of this. is concluded. Good night, Jim. Every word in that was powerful and had a purpose. I'll try to go through some of it now. First of all, you hear the weariness in the leader's voice, General Lee. After two years of war, at midnight, after a battle in which he lost 6,000 men, he has to talk to one of his leading generals and fix his behavior. Many leaders would not have handled it this way. Let's talk about how General Lee handled it the correct way. Before General Stewart comes in, he thanks his junior officer for staying up late with him. Most officers and leaders wouldn't do that. They wouldn't even consider the feelings of their subordinates. Then what does he say? He says, General Stewart and I are not to be interrupted under any circumstance. Why? 
because you criticize in private as a leader and you praise in public as a leader. Then he lets him have it. He ties other people in. He says, it is the opinion of several fine officers that you have let us down. Let's him have it. Doesn't candy coat it. Let's him have it directly. General Stewart then demands, as they say in the South, satisfaction for him to defend his honor against his detractors. General Lee points out there is no time for that. Right now, they are engaged in a massive struggle, which will ultimately cost 51,000 casualties. They are trying to build a nation. There's no time for pettiness. There's no time for politics. There's only time to learn from this mistake and move on. What else does General Lee do? He gives Jeb Stewart an out. He says, perhaps my order was unclear. You always give your team an out if you can, so they don't feel boxed in. But then what does he say? He says, let this be very clear. Because one of the keys to effective leadership, like we've talked about before, is clear instruction. He re-explains what he expects. Then when Jeb Stewart offers to resign, pulls his sword out to give it to the general, what does he do? He says there is no time. He takes the sword, he puts it back in Jeb Stewart's scabbard, and he says this. He says there's been a mistake made. I'm sure it will never happen again. Then, after the correction, he builds up General Stewart. He lets him know, you have been invaluable to this army. You are a key to our success. You are valued. We're never going to talk about this again. We're moving on. I see that as one of the best examples of leadership out there. I don't know what you thought, Gwen, but I'd like your feedback. Well, Matt, each of those points that you mentioned are absolutely the keys for good leaders. And you talked about not making excuses, not blaming any of your teammates or anything outside of yourself for your mistakes. He also speaks about taking accountability for his actions and then learning from his mistakes. So he can take that as data, constructive feedback, and really good leaders will give that constructive feedback. They will give positive feedback and then they will allow their team members to take that data on as learning to get better. And we know that actually we learn better from making mistakes. The people that are better at growing and developing and becoming the best version of themselves, top athletes, high performers, use deliberate practice where they actually utilize the, the skills, the, the errors that they make, the mistakes that they make, to get better and better, and that's the way that our brain actually works. So it's about accountability, it's about opening yourself up to feedback, to learning from your mistakes, being accountable for what you need to do, no excuses, no blame. Yeah, so taking responsibility mm. for your own actions. But he, he let him have it, and then he built him up. That's something that I really want to focus on and highlight, is that, it's, it's very important to realize that with your staff, issues should never be more important than relationships. They need to understand that just because they've made a mistake, no matter how big it is, it doesn't affect the relationship. It doesn't affect your trust in them. It doesn't affect their value to the organization. And that's something that I think a lot of leaders miss out on. And if you just think about it, I mean, put yourself in General Lee's situation. It's midnight. He's over 60, you know, he's been in the field for two years, you know, he's taken tens of thousands of casualties, he's got the weight of the entire, his entire nation on him to win this war and win their freedom, from his point of view, and he's got this guy that's screwed up. Now, most me leaders would take that as an opportunity to relieve some of their stress, okay, on him. That's not what he does. He says this is a teaching opportunity. He's not happy, but it's a teaching opportunity to improve an already superior officer. So I don't know what you think about that, Gwen, but... That's absolutely true. And it is, if you're going to be helping your team to grow, performance 
feedback and performance improvement as part of that. So it's about helping them see where they need to correct, course correct, or correct their own actions, learn from their mistakes, and take that responsibility. So, and he's real, isn't he? Mm. He's he's showing that vulnerability. You can see he's tired, you know. And it's it's also allowing the humanness within each leader to come through mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, they're not different. Mm. They are just there to take care of the people in their charge mm. and to help them do the best that they can. Mm -hmm. They are not there because they have all the answers. They don't expect part of growth. It's also having the, the ability or the opportunity to explore and to make mistakes and then course correct. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to hear from our sponsors. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite. Marble. Caesar Stone. Unique Stone. Granito. Marmo. Caesar Stone. Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 82662280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10 a.m. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno, sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with Gwen Meyer, professional performance YB12 coach as well as NeuroChange Master. And we are going to move on to some other tenets of leadership. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Disney Corporation. When they train their staff, their staff is on stage, off stage, or center stage. And that's how they should conduct themselves. Center stage means everyone is looking at you. You have to be perfect. On stage means... Uh, you need to be on your pretty good behavior because a lot of people are looking at you. And off stage is nobody's looking at you. But as a leader, you're either on stage or center stage. There's no off stage. One of the reasons why, you know, a lot of us feel today that leaders have let us down is because of their personal lives. And whether or not that's fair, it's just the way it is. We expect our leaders to be better than us or at least If they make a mistake, take accept that they made the mistake, admit it, improve, and move on. So, you know, you hear about all of these politicians that cheat on their wives or all these sports stars that are doing naughty things with the ladies and drugs and all this other kind of thing. It makes it almost impossible for them to lead. So I just wanted to talk about the importance of that and get Gwen's feedback on that as a uh, corporate guru. I wouldn't say I'm a corporate guru, Matt, but I really believe that if you are in a position of leadership, 
and we've spoken about this in in the other uh, sessions that we had, which might be as a parent, it might be as a leader of a team, it might be in any a business leader. It really is about you modeling the behavior that you would expect of others. You are the example, and people don't learn by what by reading. They learn by what you don't. They don't necessarily learn by by what you tell them. They will learn by watching you, by you seeing how you treat others, by how you live your life, by your moral code, and if you're a leader. You there because you have a value system, you have a belief system, and people will gravitate to you if they believe what you believe, if they have the same value system as you have. And so if you are incongruent and show actions that don't actually match your values, then you lose trust. And so people won't trust you. And it's about authenticity. It's about being who you are. So if you behave in a way that reflects your values and shows who you really are, then people will start to trust you. Mm. And once you have that level of trust, it takes a while to build trust. It, t- it takes a lot of time to build that trust through small little gestures, through consistently doing what you say that you're going to do, and it can be broken in an instant. Mm. And so it really is so important as a leader to be able to model, mm. to be the role model. Mm. I agree with that 100%. Well, I think that's a, a fabulous point. The next thing I wanna, I'd wanna, i like to talk about is I heard a long time ago that the, the real role, I can't remember what book I read this in or heard it in or whatever, but that the real role of a CEO is to manage the values of the organization, not necessarily the organization itself, it's the values. And I think it's very important as a leader that we create a culture where certain things are accepted and certain things are expected. One of the things that I think it's important to do as a leader is create a culture where obstacles fire your team up rather than tear them down. And, and I'll just give you some examples from my own life. For, for example, I wasn't able to take PE until I was about 15 or 16 years old, physical education gym, because I had asthma so bad, I couldn't take it. And I know as sure as I'm sitting here, I know for 100% as a fact that there is no way that I would have qualified for nationals in swimming by the age of, I think I was 18. I might've been 19. It's been a long time if I hadn't had that obstacle, because that's what motivated me to prove that I wasn't this little asthmatic weakling. You know, I know for a fact that I would not have had the success financially that I've had if I didn't come from a family that was financially successful, because I would not have had the drive to go from zero to a lot. And I can give other examples, but I think it's important that we establish in our teams the fact that obstacles fire us up and they force us to be way better they would have been otherwise. What do you think about that, Gwen? They absolutely do. They challenge you. And part of actually getting better and being deliberately, growing deliberately, becoming a higher performer in whatever activity you do, and especially in a in a team environment, you know, I'm you we're using the corporate for me, corporate environment as an example, is to Look at obstacles as uh, opportunities for growth, for improvement, but also for solution, become more solution-oriented. Figure out how we can get around something, how we're going to make it work, rather than seeing things as a problem all the time and something that's going to stop us. So it goes uh, to the mindset, Mm -hmm. the way that we, we can look at being either a defeatist or having the courageous posture. Mm. You know, we want to go towards how we're going to make things work mm. rather than how something's not going to be able to work. Mm. Yeah. I, I do want to expand on this point a little bit and get your feedback. I mean, for example, I mean, you know that I did stand-up, you know, yes, that I've done doing some absolutely. stand-up. And the first time I did it, 
I thought it was so terrible. Just absolutely the worst train wreck in the history of train wrecks. And actually, it was videotaped, but I didn't see the video. So because I had this train wreck that I thought occurred, I immediately went out and signed up for a comedy class and took this class. Well, later, I watched the video, and I was like, oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. People laughed, and it was it came out okay. And if I didn't think there was a train wreck, I wouldn't have signed up for the comedy class. So the point I'm trying to make is we need to create an environment in our people, like I said, where people, if they have an obstacle or have adversity, they, it fires them up more rather than slows them down. So how do we as leaders, Gwen, in your opinion, in a, from a neuro change master trainer point of view and as a change facilitator point of view, get your staff to look at things that way, because that's not the way that normal people look at things. I, I don't like to use the word normal people, but a lot of people don't look at it that way. Yeah. So how do, how do you, how do you, how do you get, change that mind frame? Well, it is about making sure that there's focus first, because when you have to put in effort to something, that's where you find the most growth is the deliberate. You know, whenever we start something new to get better and better, it takes effort, it takes focus, and it takes concentration and deliberate practice to get to the place where we're going to be good enough that we go into something called flow. And what flow is, is when we go into effortless ability. So we can start really enjoying what we're doing because it becomes automatic. And so those athletes that find themselves in the zone, when we in doing activities where we go into that time of where we forget where we are because it becomes almost timeless is where we've got to the point where we've deliberately practiced something it becomes habitual to the point that it's easy to do and so there's um, an author a guy in his book his name is Daniel Coyle who has written a book called The Talent Code and he says in his book that greatness isn't born, it's grown. And basically, it's about the paradox of deliberate practice. So the value of deliberate practice is that you are operating on the edges of your ability. And you are forced to slow down, to make errors, and to correct them along the way. And it's this type of practice that ends up making your performance really good. And the best way to build... Anything that's great is to constantly go through the obstacles, be challenged, keep that effort going until it gets to the point where it becomes easier and you go into flow, okay? And it becomes effortless, which is then how we build the new neural pathways in the brain. But then, of course, we might have the next goal. And we have to then continually stretch ourselves to learn more and more. So we have to be very careful that we choose the right practices and the right habits that are correct, that are healthy, and that are going to get us to the point where we want to get to. Because we can do the same thing and practice that are not accurate or, or not as good. So they could be bad habits. They work the same way. We can have good habits or bad habits, but effectively, the way that we grow is by challenging ourselves. So we need to instill that in our team and make them realize that that will make them better. In the small amount of time we have left, how would you suggest that you, what are some tips, practical tips, that the, the listeners can utilize to instill that desire in people? Well, it's, it's about having that positivity that you want to have a growth mindset. You want to be, because most of us, when we are learning and growing, have that sense of what we call a growth mindset where we want to get better, we want to develop, we want to grow. And then there's aspects of all of us where we have a fixed mindset, where we have a belief that we can't do something that we are not able to get better, that it's too hard. And so the best way is to have that positive reinforcement that, yes, we can, we can learn anything, and it doesn't matter how old we are. The way that we know in neuroscience 
is that anybody can change. Anybody can grow, but it takes effort, it takes focus, and we need to want to. Mm. So it's about choice. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the the quick key to instilling the the desire in the staff would be it would be really up to it's it's an intrinsic motivation. So you're saying what are they motivated to do? Mm. Are they motivated to grow? Are they motivated to to get better, to be fulfilled, to be high performers? And it's starts with intrinsic motivation. Why are they doing this? So find out what excites them, them and build on it. And then build on it and help them to realize that actually having a growth mindset is the best way to help them have a happy life. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're going to leave it there as we have another quick word from our sponsors. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 83649477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Did you know that Podcast City can record your podcast right here in the studios of Radio Italia Uno on our professional recording equipment? Podcast City can also come to your location with our mobile studio. We can record just your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome back. I want to thank you all listening for joining us on this fourth part of our series on leadership. I just want to do a quick recap here in the limited time we have left. Today we talked about how to let the staff know they've made a mistake the correct way. We talked about as a leader, sometimes you have to lay it all on the line. And we also talked about the importance of creating a culture where challenges inspire your team instead of demotivate them. I want to thank Ron from Podcast City. And of course, we want to thank our special guest, Gwen Meyer from Incremental Steps, who has uh, provided us with some really keen insights throughout this series. You can reach Gwen uh, if you have any questions or comments you can reach her on her website, incrementalsteps.biz. Just as a reminder, Gwen and I are both certified business and personal coaches, as well as public speakers. And you can contact us via our Facebook page, which is Change the World with Matt McQuinley. And now, as always, I leave you with a motivational and inspirational message. 
Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. I want to talk briefly about the limits we put on ourselves. I'm going to do that by talking about arguably the greatest magician since the Industrial Revolution. Harry Houdini was a magician's magician. Some of the tricks he would do, he would be buried alive in chains, in a straitjacket, and in a coffin and escape. One time he was sewn into the belly of a whale in a straitjacket and escaped. He would suspend himself above two, between two skyscrapers upside down in a straitjacket and escape. He would lock himself into a milk can full of water in a straitjacket with chains around it and escape. On another occasion, he was locked into a jail cell at Murderer's Row in Washington, D.C. He not only escaped from that jail cell, but then he switched all the other prisoners who were convicted of homicide to other jail cells. One thing Houdini did is he laid down a challenge and a cash reward to all the jails and prisons of the world that none could hold him. Several jails and prisons took him up on this offer. They never won the reward. He almost had to pay out once when a prison in England took him up on his offer. As Harry Houdini tells the story, he was thrown into the cell naked. He then coughed up a lockpick that he'd swallowed previously and started in on the lock of the jail door. Five minutes went by and he wasn't out. He was surprised because he usually escaped by then. 10 minutes went by and he thought to himself, man, this is a tough lock. I can't believe I'm not out. 30 minutes went by and he's really shocked that he still has not been able to pick this lock. After an hour, he is very, very frustrated, cold and angry. Two hours go by and Harry Houdini slumps against the jail cell door in exhaustion and frustration, feeling beaten and the door opens. It was never locked. The greatest magician of all time, the greatest escape artist of all time, almost defeated by an unlocked door. What did he learn from this? Well, you and I both know that if Houdini believed this door was locked and could not be opened, it was locked more securely than if he was buried alive, chained in a milk can, put in a straitjacket, hung upside down in stocks and put in water, in Fort Knox or in a supermax prison. Again, think of it. The greatest escape artist of all time almost defeated by an unlocked door. But we all do that, don't we? We have to realize there are two types of people listening to this story right now. One is the kind who will lock doors in their mind and believe they can't be opened and that it can't be done. The other kind is the kind of person who will not believe the doors are locked and will believe that they are locked, they can be opened and that they can accomplish their dreams and their objectives. The question, as always, is which one are you?